Welcome to Teach Languages Online, the podcast dedicated to bringing you the best advice about your online teaching business. I'm Lindsay Williams, an online language teacher from the UK, and I'm your host. And I'm here with a very special guest today. It's very strange to be presenting when I'm here with you, Kirsten. Kirsten Cable from Fluent Language. How are you today? Hello! Just this really is weird. What a what a joy to be. I'm I'm quite excited to be on Teach Languages Online. I feel like a I feel like a special guest. Normally I'm hosting. Yeah, it, it's strange this way around to be doing this with you, but it's all good. Um, so we're here together for a reason to celebrate the launch of our new joint project for online language teachers, Teach and Thrive. Kirsten, what is Teach and Thrive in six words? Teach and Thrive is a series of workshops. That was like eight, nine. Way past. (laughs) I have a sentence. Okay, go, go. Okay, Teach and Thrive is a new series of workshops for online language teachers and creators. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's 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 that. It's exactly that. And Teach and Thrive, it's it's it give you a bit more detail. Six monthly live online masterclasses from July to September. So the first one is happening on July the eleventh with Kirsten, mm-hmm. all the way through to December. So every month. And the first two we've got our topics set. We're pretty excited about what we've picked. But the rest, the topics will be voted for by you. So you'll know that you are learning the most relevant stuff, the most up-to-date stuff as well, because these are created monthly. And the other cool thing about this is that with the two of us guiding you through this, there's two very different approaches that you're learning from. So you get to kind of decide which fits best rather than trying to shoehorn one person's way of doing things into your life, which I think is pretty cool. That's a very interesting way of looking at it and very true, very true. And also, in the meantime, between now and Fridays, you've got plenty of time to catch up. Over on The Fluent Show, we've got another joint episode where we're getting on the personal side of all things online business. And there's also a bonus episode over there too. And you can get a bonus episode of Teach Languages online by going to lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash teach dash thrive so that's teach and then a little hyphen and then thrive now then on with today's show so kirsten hi hey do you know what we're talking about in this episode we are talking about marketing as part of our online teaching businesses exactly and i've got six questions i've prepared we'll see how many we get to we'll see how how uh how we're doing for time yeah um it's like a it's like a complete the set really so get the fluent show episode get the fluent show bonus get the teach languages (laughs) online and the bonus you have to get the full set we should have like a loyalty card exactly yeah that's a that's a good idea (laughs) i like that idea um so i have some questions for you for this episode about marketing specifically um that, that I want to ask you and I think you've maybe got one or two for me as well I've got one yeah you got you got one cool okay so I'll start with mine and then if we have time we'll get to to yours and we'll get to the rest of mine so first of all I'm, I'm wondering the big thing that comes up a lot I think with with marketing the first obvious thing is social media mm. and social media obviously most of us probably use it not only for business but also for life in general and I'm wondering Kirsten how you manage your time with social media in terms of not getting sucked in um you know do you have the apps on your phone or only on your computer all of these kind of things so how do you manage not 
getting consumed by social media when it's part of your work? It is part of my work and part of um, part of it being your work is it's like admitting that it's part of your work is part of your works. You know what I mean? So rethinking social media has been has been something that that I've had to come to terms with and I approach different social media platforms differently depending on on how I feel and who I who I want to be and how I feel uh, the atmosphere is on on the different platforms do you, do you know what I mean I do mm-hmm. yeah because I know you for example you really like Twitter right <laughs> it's I, I do and and part of that is I am I am more maybe myself on Twitter like I don't love 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 twitter i can see that it's got lots of downsides but it's it's interesting i i as a person i think i do a lot of asides i make a lot of random remarks i do a lot of wry observation kind of things i enjoy a quick joke and twitter's really good for that (laughs) so Mm. i really i really like the platform in terms of what it gives i'm also a, a political human being so Twitter is a political platform now and is is interesting in that sense. And I like I like the way it it moves fairly quickly and it's um it's it's good for that. So on Twitter I feel like um I am my myself and it's it feels a little bit more like I can dip into it and dip out of it. Facebook is different. Um Facebook is probably the one I'm I'm most at at odds with. Um, and then my other platform where I am active and I do promote and I do really converse and, and engage with people is is Instagram, which I think a lot of language learners have found a, a, a welcoming space in Instagram. Like Instagram feels warm and cheery and sort of like a, you know, collection of people. Twitter feels like a, like a, a crowd where you can just have like quick conversations here and there. But... Yeah. I am the kind of person who enjoys a crowd and having quick conversations. So maybe that's why I like it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And and what about your time that you spend on these apps? Mm. Do, do, you, do you have like personal profiles and then work profiles or... On and, and how do you divide that? On Facebook, I have a personal profile. I don't really use it anymore. I don't find Facebook um, that helpful as a as a personal tool anymore but i will post on there and i will sometimes post again the things i've most post about on social media these days is either things related to my work which i like which is an, a reflection of me or mm. things related to politics because since brexit we've all been politicized and and we care and mm. um but i find facebook probably the most public and vulnerable so I don't really post that much on my personal profile anymore having said that um, I I run a Facebook group and the way I manage my time on there is that when that group hit about a thousand members I decided I don't want to get sucked in by it and I don't want to be here like gardening this thing for free um, and I don't want it to turn into some kind of spam fest and it was a great community because we have we, one thing that we have in there that is pretty much the only thing that we do is a Saturday check-in. Hmm. I don't schedule the posts for that, but I have admins in the group. So I very, quite early on, I decided, you know, I'm going to 
I guess hand control, not necessarily, but it feels that way. Like I'm going to hand a part of this to the community. I'm going to, I want this to be co-owned by the people who, who are enjoying it. Um, and that, so that went really well. So with the admins then, with the admins, they're part of the community. It's not like a paid nope. role. No, no, no. It was, like I just consistent. posted in there and said, mm -hmm. hey, will, does anybody want to help? It's not a lot of extra work, but, you know, do you want to get involved? And some people volunteered and... It's not, you know, it's not a lot of work. It's not like you sit there for hours or anything like that. It's just if somebody posts something that's obvious, spam, deleted, accept member requests, unless they look like obvious spam, um, and someone to post a Saturday check-in. And people really enjoy the Saturday check-in, so it it tends to get posted. I'm super, super grateful for for the for the way that that went, and that was really that was really great. That was a really good decision, Facebook-wise, because it allowed me to not feel like I am like beholden to people do you know what I mean yeah yeah I do mm. I've I've never thought of that yeah okay I've never thought of handing over the admin to the community but it makes a lot of sense because then people really do feel part of something mm -hmm. it's quite nice yeah you got to trust your people it's it's not not always easy you know <laughs> when you're so used to being the boss of everything um but people are great <laughs> people are great so so it's 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 gone well it's it, it's been a it's been a really good it's been a really positive um, feeling development. And like you say, then people are involved. Um, Instagram is yeah. the only app I have on my phone. Same. <laughs> Twitter I don't have on my phone, although I have it on Safari. Like I'm logged in, but the user experience is not as nice as an app. So it stops you using it. Yes, yeah, so I don't use much. it as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got TweetBot on my, on my Mac because I now have an account for the Fluent Show, which is more specific. Um, and there, so wait, there is also sorry, a women is, in language account. What is TweetBot? TweetBot is an app that you can download. I think it's paid, but it's good. Um, it's an app that you can download that lets you log in with several Twitter profiles and kind of is right. a different way of looking at, at Twitter. Uh, you can, it, I think Hootsuite is similar but Tweetbot is more yeah. for the user. It's not from the side of like, you're a marketer who wants to, I don't know, monitor your <laughs> social media. It's, I still look at Twitter as a user rather than a marketer. Okay. I think I look at all so my I social media as a user. If I don't enjoy using it, I'm not going to market on it. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of, of time management, you, you sound pretty solid on that. Mm yeah <laughs> I mean sometimes mm. I have days where I feel like but those are the, you know days where you're not necessarily like your your best self <laughs> like days where you're mm. tired your concentration wanders you're gonna find yourself wandering onto Instagram more or something like that and you sometimes it's just really cool because you have a conversation going but I might when I find myself scattering too much I will switch on screen time just so my phone reminds me like you've spent an hour on Instagram today and you go oh okay yeah I didn't even notice <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely I feel with Instagram because it is so mobile orient oriented yeah um it, it's easy to get lost for a bit yeah longer than perhaps you would like but I, I think like you say it is friendly and I think if you're using it right and you have you know you're following the right people and the right accounts that make you feel yeah. good. And I guess I've made then... a Welsh learning account on Instagram and that was something that yeah. from the community, it's not a marketing intention at all, but obviously if somebody looks at it, um, I think it doesn't even say 
Kirsten Fluent is like who I am. It's almost mm. like sometimes, and I have a personal Instagram account that is um, locked only because I want to feel like I'm I'm holding a slice of personal yeah. every now and then. Yeah. But on I the whole, I can live without social media. Like it's like I mean, for me as a as a human being, I can live without social yeah. media. My business less so, and I am a little bit mm -hmm. cross, especially with Facebook, with that because I think ethically, like on the one hand, I'm thinking Facebook ads, for example, might be a really great idea for my business, especially when I've got a launch going on. On the other hand, I'm thinking I do not wish to give Facebook any money. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. I've I've had very minimal experience with Facebook ads. Like mm. once years ago, I thought, okay, I'm, I was hosting a webinar, I think, and I paid in like I don't know seven ten dollars. I was like, let's just try this, mm -hmm. ah. and you know it was nothing because what I put in was nothing. Mm. But I'm not in the business of uh, like I'm running a business. I'm not running a casino. I'm not going to gamble <laughs> away. I think unless you really, really, really know what you're doing or you pay someone lots of money who knows what they're doing to do it for you, it feels like you've got to spend a lot to get back on Facebook ads. And oh, it's, I tried it again at the beginning of this year as a little experiment. And it's it's not a learning curve that I'm, I feel like I necessarily want to go down. I don't, I feel like organic traffic seems a lot more valuable to me mm. do you ever i don't know like i don't know how much contact you have with other like entrepreneurs or some people like that but mm. i have a co-working space and mm. um when i when i chat to people there sometimes you'll chat to somebody who like runs a social media agency and you say like oh i've you know i run a website this is what i do and <laughs> they might say something like you know they might ask you about your traffic or something you're like oh i've got i don't know this many people coming to the website um, and they go, oh, yeah, how much, what's your ad spend? And you're like, zero? Yeah. My time spend is different, but, like, I, I'm here to build a community. I'm here to yeah. invite people, not to flip in, I don't know, hold them at gunpoint. Yeah, and I know that when I, when I like, I have Facebook, like, I don't have it on my phone. And when I'm on the computer, I have this um, Chrome extension called News Feed Eradicator. Oh, I do too. So I don't. Yeah, so I don't actually see anything on Facebook. So Instagram is the only place I actually see ads because I have a similar thing on Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, and when I see them, most of the time I'm not taken by them because they're a bit, I don't know, a lot of the comments like are very negative. You know, if someone's like saying, come and join this free thing and then the comments will be like, yeah, and then pay how much and that sort of thing. And it feels a bit like, oh, I don't know. It, it, maybe maybe that's just their particular ad style the ads that i seem to be getting mm. that are perhaps a little bit disingenuous but yeah i uh, organic feels feels better mm. yeah i i yeah. also feel that i just don't there's a company that i really really look to now you know there's a few do you have business idols i have like business idols like companies yeah. where i look and i go that's how i want to you know that's that's the ethics i want in my business that's the values i follow um, one of them is yoga with Adrian, and one is yeah. Um, she's she's amazing, and one is yeah. Basecamp. Okay, Basecamp. Who um, they wrote the book. They've got several books um, called Rework and Remote. One about remote the, their remote team. Rework is about a different way of thinking about starting a company. They've got a new one called It's It doesn't have to be crazy at work. So you can sort of get a feel for right mm -hmm. where where they are, and they 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 um, the ethos is about the calm company. So Basecamp. I've 
have a podcast too and they recently did an episode where they talked about they've removed the whole company from Facebook like everything oh Lush have done this uh, Lush yeah. have in the UK have um, well done Lush they haven't de- they haven't deleted social media but they've stopped using their social media accounts only the UK um, accounts and it's very very interesting they said I, I listened to a snippet the other day where mm. they said that in the beginning social media really fitted with Lush's whole brand and their ethos of you know they were on the fringes yeah social media was on the fringes it wasn't your typical way of of promotion of marketing and now it's become that and it is all about how much you spend and it feels like you're not winning unless you're giving money Hmm. to the man to facebook Uh, and instagram which is the same the same man the same company right and um and that's why they'd stopped using it because it wasn't social Mm mm-hmm it was mm-hmm. it that's what they felt it had become i think though that i i, I would this i would agree with that to only to an extent i do think that there is room on social media i would say in particular instagram and perhaps from our conversation i'm detecting you would say the same there is room on social media for community it's about connection yeah you can do more, a lot of good you can ever. do a lot of good i think yeah yeah it's just a tool and it's how we choose to use that tool yes that's how i see it um speaking of tools you've mentioned tweetbot already yeah my next question was, do you schedule? If so, how, when or what? But also I'm wondering, are there any other tools that you use in general for, for social media? Um, no, well, Newsfeed Eradicator. I use tweet. Okay. I use, <laughs> you know, to, to keep it at bay. Well, this is the thing, isn't yeah. it? We are now in, this, yeah. in, in businesses as well. where we have, You've got to log on to Facebook in the daytime. We have like a relationship yeah. with social media. We don't just have a... Like you know, like it's like it's like in a relate. It's like being in a relationship. So you kind of you kind of have to be on it. Uh, so yeah. and, um, yes, tweet. But I don't think I use anything else that is specific to social media. Uh, what about scheduling? Scheduling, yes. I use Buffer for Instagram. Yeah. Although I rarely like schedule more than like two posts in advance. I really email campaigns and stuff as well. I I find it difficult to write these in advance. I don't know. I, I wish I, I, I wish I, I, I found it bit easier. Uh, I can, yeah. but I really have to make myself do it. Um, I use I use an app called Social Bee, mm-hmm. which is like, like it's it's not as good. <laughs> it's not as good as Edgar or Mitt's Missing Letter. I don't want to. Was that like? I don't um, want to put them down. Ad, it was an app sumo. It was an app sumo. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, but it needs it needs a bit of gardening. It definitely needs a bit of gardening. Um, and but you know everything that you buy on AppSumo uh, is something that is getting what needs users early. Yeah, to get it better. So. Yeah, which can be a good thing. Exactly. If, sorry, AppSumo, by the way, if you're listening, you're not sure what we're talking yeah. about. It's like Groupon <laughs> for apps, catch up. isn't it? Exactly. It's like Groupon for, for small businesses, mm. for online businesses, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I've only so ever bought two things on there. Products. I've bought a few things. I bought Stamp, which is my email signature. Ah, nice. That was, a good, that was like $29 for like lifetime. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, a few other bits. But yeah, I, th- I, I think... Yeah, so so buffer is mainly what you use, but for Instagram, so you don't schedule Facebook or Twitter. Um, fe- Facebook and Twitter are both through Social Bee. Okay. Yes, they both run through Social Bee. So does my LinkedIn. Um, I wish I don't know. I'm I'm sort of I'm at the moment in a in a season of of kind of looking at LinkedIn and going, is there something there? 
that I can do. Yeah. Like, is anybody home? I'm not sure if anybody's <laughs> home with LinkedIn. Uh, to be honest, I'm still not quite getting it, but I, I, I do share content on there, but it's mostly automated. Um, so what Social Bee does is it, it'll recycle your posts and you can tell it when to expire a post. Uh, because you Ooh. cannot post the same exact word-for-word -word content twice now because of Twitter spamming yeah. rule. Twitter has really clamped down on spamming. It'll retweet an old tweet of yours. So I, every now and then I have to keep an eye on my Twitter and go, well, is anybody actually looking at this anymore? But we know, especially Twitter, it moves very fast. So it's okay to repeat a tweet. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's cool. it's good. It's good. You do You do want to... Stay active. You do want to pop up in people's news feeds. And especially in Twitter, I'm like, I've become fairly, not shameless, but a lot more relaxed about like repeating a tweet. Yeah, yeah. I used to use um, Me Edgar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Edgar. It was pretty good. And especially when we were away for the year, because I didn't have to, I hardly went on to any of, you know, things. It would just do it all. It was all in there. And like you say, with social media, it would like recycle the stuff and whatnot. And then I think while we were away, Twitter changed the rules. So then mm. Edgar brought out this thing where they would then create these variations of things for you, you know. Um, but then there was, I had a problem with the connecting with the groups. And so when it came time to the renewal, I was like, oh, forget it. Uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm home now. I'll just cancel the renewal. Yeah. And, um, and now I use a combination. So I tend to schedule, I, I do still schedule social media a lot on Friday afternoons. So I'll try and do my Facebook within Facebook. I schedule it within Facebook. Um, and then I use Buffer a little bit. Well, Buffer, I have the Facebook groups logged in. I use that for, I have that on there for free. And then Hootsuite, I have Twitter logged in. So I just use like the free plans on different platforms. Because <laughs> I'm like... You know, I feel like I've found better results lately with non-scheduled stuff, with more spontaneous stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, but I do have Missing Letter. I think that might have been an AppSumo deal. I do have Missing Letter, which is good. And that goes out to Twitter. I don't have it set to go to Facebook, but that just goes out to Twitter with old posts. So when you create a blog post, um, it then creates a campaign for a whole year of sharing that piece of content which is really good i was eyeing that up um, and i actually sent a message yeah. to social b saying hey can you be more like missing letter please because i feel like you know they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they are quite good at communicating and stuff so they said well no not quite but we'll we'll think about it so this is sort of how i go about my AppSumo things i think it's like if there's something that they don't do that i would love to for them to do just get in touch. Yeah, just get in touch because yeah, they clearly yeah. have a roadmap and they're normally very good at communicating and saying, okay, this is when we'll yeah. add this, this is when we'll add that. They, you know, they, they do listen, those companies, if yeah. they're good. So, yeah, oh, Social Bee cool. wouldn't necessarily buy it for like $200, but for, as an AppSumo deal, it was a good, it was a good investment. It's worth, it's worth yeah. using. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I And then, like you say about Instagram, I tend to do Instagram, um, live what i've been doing these past few weeks actually with instagram is i've been writing when i do my social media schedule on friday afternoons i'll write out my posts so i have a rough plan for the week of what i want to be sharing mm -hmm. and i'll get i have like sets of hashtags um because you can have up to 30 hashtags on one post but you want to mix them up a little bit because otherwise instagram will think like whoa spammy whatever um so i then have the the, the captions and the hashtags ready on like a Google Doc for a week. 
and then I'll just go in and post manually. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I kind of do half the leg work. I am I am just in awe of I schedule social media on Fridays. Do you know how many times I have put an appointment <laughs> in my diary to go like schedule social media and when the time came either I was busy doing something else or I just well, couldn't think of anything and it was the last thing I wanted to do and I just could not get myself to do it. I will schedule social media. But I think I'm just going to have to give up on scheduling when I schedule social media. It's just not a (laughs) thing. It's just a struggle. But, you know, I I find, you know, Friday afternoons, it's probably like the the laziest, um, least productive time of the week. So it may as well be the time when I'm doing that job. Because, you know, you might like, you you don't want to be logging into social media throughout the week necessarily in the daytime mm. to do that so yeah I, I find it works quite well for me this is natural rhythm too isn't it because like but, late yeah. afternoon I have a period probably between three and five at least yeah. three and five sometimes three and seven where I'm just on it yeah I, so so you've got a switch round to me like for me in the mornings is my productive time yeah so in the afternoons I want to be doing that easier stuff I don't so, really yeah, work I, I'm like yawning thinking of Thinking about I don't really you know like sometimes I'm like on it on it but I'm I'm rarely properly like you know like we've done podcasting together for so long you know I don't schedule things really before yeah nine I don't want to no 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 see this is why I was curious for this question for you but I, I think you, you've I'm glad you've, you've said that I think because my next question was um what's your favorite bit about the marketing side of things Ooh. um when people respond like Mm. like having conversations with people and when people get in touch and they say you know like like sharing testimonials that's something i really like uh mm, okay okay so this is why i'm struggling with this question because i there is a blurry line in my mind between marketing and yeah. content creation. Oh, you know yes. how okay. sometimes, yeah, let's talk about like this. for example, with a podcast, you can make a podcast with the goal of marketing your stuff. Yeah. Or you can make a podcast because you're making a podcast because you love it yeah. and you've got you feel like you've got something to talk about. So the Fluent Show, for example, is of course somewhere where people hear about the stuff I make. I really flipping hope so. <laughs> and where people discover me and it is of course a marketing channel for me. But I want to be making it anyway. So the Fluent Show is content creation because I like making content. Yeah. Yeah. I think there has to be, yeah, so content, I think, is marketing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Whether we like it or not. If, you know, if you're running a business of any kind, you could you could just have a blog that you enjoy as a, as a hobby, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're running a business and you're teaching online and you're making any kind of content, then that's marketing. In that case, right? the answer to your question is the thing I enjoy most about marketing is making the content, I think. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah. The content that you enjoy all of the content I make I so you I so you only make content that you enjoy that's mm, good that's good yeah yeah oh, I mean on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I, I love love making the fluent show I'm so oh my god I'm just so 
proud of the Fluent Show. I'm so, you know, like it, it was a creative language learning podcast for so long. And I'm just so pleased that I at some point went, okay, this needs a name change and this needs a, I don't know. I like, I gave it more life and people really responded. Yeah. And it was just like something just clicking and me falling into a rhythm and actually becoming a podcaster, which is what I, I think really, it, it suits me so well because I talk so much. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just yes no I really that was that was such an important thing for me, and um, in terms of blog articles I will I do I finally found um, a, at this point a writer hey Cassie a, a writer who who is really cool freelance writer who is helping with I'm on assuming the blog. Cassie is your writer you you haven't just like seen someone out the window right that's correct <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. right yes yes. <laughs> Uh, she's a freelance right. writer. I'm sure she's she's for hire if you wanna if you wanna work with her. But she's somebody who did women in language, and I don't know. Ah. She, I think she emailed me with a question, and I saw her in her signature. She's a freelance writer, and I was like, a freelance writer, you say? Let's have a conversation. So every now and then, when there's, because um, because I do think like um, SEO wise. You yeah. know, every now and then I go, oh, it'd be really good to have on the blog something when something for when people Google this. Right, so we don't get yeah. all crowded out by fluent in three months, and I will teach your language. <laughs> so, <laughs> or whoever, whatever behemoths. What What are the fluent you? They have a blog that does. Fluent you. Oh my god, they're all over the SEO. Always. Yeah. 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 So you kind of have to. You have to at least be in the game, right? So mm. I will sort of say, you know, like things like the nine best podcasts for learning Spanish or something like that. I think that is a good thing to have on my blog for people to find but I still want to ensure that it's like quality and then the only thing that I don't love there is really um, feeling bad when somebody's written something and it's my job to kind of proofread it and then I just have to get into in the headspace for it so sometimes I keep them waiting and I feel bad yeah and how so how oh, that's I'm intrigued I'm, I'm listening I'm thinking maybe I should <laughs> writer because i have loads of ideas for blog posts but just not the time to write them all mm, it's not so easy that would be great for seo seo by the way another jargon buster oh yeah search engine optimization so this is um all the little bells and whistles and like things that you can know about making your blog posts and your website in general more search engine friendly yes and more likely to appear on the first page of google essentially that's right. And if you manage first page, like you're doing, you're doing great. Oh, so you're well, doing great. Yeah. And you know, it's, I yeah. think sometimes people, when I used to do more, um, I used to do more business consulting kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And people would go like, how do I get to the top of Google? And I'm like, I don't, li li honestly, if that's what you want to do, instead of saying something meaningful first, then you're not talking to the right yeah. person. Do you get emails from companies, quote unquote, claiming that they can get you to the top of Google? Sorry, this is the, one of the joys of working at home. I have an animal who talks to us. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, not anymore. Not anymore. I get yeah. I get a million emails a week um, offering me bonus content or like you know like I have a team of writers and we'll write something for you. And listeners, mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you are at the stage where that starts to happen for you, I've been down that road. Just don't, just don't. It's never the quality that you want to put out. Mm. I don't know. I mean, Lindsay, you might have a different opinion. But I, I no, I, I, I delete a lot of emails each week yeah. that I know from the initial email that we're not going to have 
anything no. that we can offer each other i think we're on a lot of people's like or if you've if you've been around a little bit and you've got something that has like you know, a page rank or whatever alexa somebody told me my alexa ranking was good alexa is some sort of not the amazon thing the, it's some kind of it is an amazon thing isn't it, is it? No. no no the alexa ranking there's a rank yeah, yeah. there's like a, i thought it was connected to amazon maybe it's not well not sure I don't know. But, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like some kind of ranking of all of the websites. So people will, like, you know, there are companies who just, I think there's databases being traded where people can then just like blanket email you and go, hello, can my, I don't know. Like, and sometimes it's the oddest stuff. Like people will want like to guest Garden post. furniture. I had a guy who just, um, I just had Jacuzzis. How to look, how, jacuzzis, I get them too. Um, yeah. How to look after dogs. <laughs> that was a guy last week and it was proper like he'd actually thought about it I felt like but I don't know like I'm not gonna it's just not gonna happen so it doesn't fit no it doesn't fit so guest posting it's a very it's a minefield sometimes you can get such wonderful things from people you know like real cool personal stories but it requires a level of attention that I haven't got the time for at the moment so guest posts mm. it's usually a no yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page. Mm. I think unless I know someone, I'm very, very unlikely to offer a guest post. Yeah, yeah. Um, if somebody asks on. who you know is cool, who different you know, story. Oh right? my God, different story. It's a different story, yeah. yeah. Um, moving on from, from sort of content. So that was a tangent then, <laughs> of content. Is, yeah, no, it's, it's good because my next thing is the piece of content, I guess, that we haven't spoke much about, which is video. Oh. Um, <laughs> in particular... I want to talk about live video. Okay, I was going to say, don't talk to me about YouTube. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like maybe two years ago, live video was having a bit of a moment. Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. all very new, very exciting, very fresh. Yeah, and it's kind of settled in, but I don't know how well. What do what do you what are your thoughts? How do you how do you do live video? I am. I do <laughs> okay. So I'm a I'm a spontaneous person, as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm not the world's greatest planner, as such, and and I am extroverted and a relatively good spontaneous talker. So I actually really like live video. I love doing it. I don't mind at all. I don't. I I feel relatively natural on camera. I feel relatively relaxed on camera. One of the reasons I I did the other day. I did. <laughs> I did a video in my teacher group, uh, Savvy Online Teacher Marketing Group, yeah. where because I was on jury duty, I only had a lunch break. So I went on lunch break and I did a video on my lunch break, except I hadn't thought about, because, you know, I'm not very detail oriented. I hadn't thought about where I was actually going to do this. I was like, I'll just do it somewhere outside. So I did it in this alleyway. <laughs> No, really right. nice background, like beautiful greenery in the background. And yeah, I kept having people walking past me. So all these people kept like staring, like not staring, but they were walking past. So in the video, I kept having to like apologize to people going past. And they were all so <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. So what you need to do in your marketing is this. Oh. <laughs> so anything like that, I am, I don't feel awkward or embarrassed that easily. I don't mind. However, I'm getting better at it, but what I'm not necessarily good at is, <laughs> this is you'll, you'll detect a theme, is like announcing this is happening at this time. 
um, and then actually stick mm. into it. Because I don't, uh. yeah, anything that is a schedule, like I have to make myself like really stick to it. Because often in my business, I, I do, I do, I feel like I do good work as well this way. It's um, follow my natural like rhythm. Follow your gut, follow your instinct. Yeah, within, I mean, within reason, of course, yeah. you know, you yeah. can't always just. I'm, I'm curious, you said that you feel really comfortable on camera. Mm-hmm. Um. But then you said right, right at the beginning, oh, don't ask me about YouTube. Mm. Why do you think you feel more comfortable then with live video and not with YouTube? Live video tends to feel more ephemeral and it doesn't have to be as polished. Yeah. And what I produce, it doesn't have to be, you know, there's like no pressure to be in any way perfect. You could just, you know, like you I can I feel just... like YouTube has definitely, Yeah. YouTube to me has always felt like I need to present something relatively finished. Um, Uh Although I have had people, what I used to do, maybe when live video was first a thing, Facebook Live was a thing, um, for a while I was really good at doing every Friday around three in the afternoon, actually doing a live video. Partly because I had a space in my home where I had a cool background and the light was really consistent because it had a skylight. So it was it was relatively easy for me to just like go upstairs, sit in this spot, do the video, talk to people. And then I have an app called ClipGrab, which lets you download it, makes it into a oh. file and then you can upload it to YouTube. It's good ClipGrab. Yeah, recommend it. And um, yeah, so I put those on on YouTube. And apart from odd comments where people would be like, oh this is a in this format what is, why does it look so rubbish it's like i don't care i don't care what you say uh, you know like generally it did it did well i think it did well it was it was answering questions people want to hear and again sort of it didn't really take me hours and hours of scripting i'm relatively good at speaking from bullet points and i practice my speaking obviously doing toastmasters however so you okay sorry no as a however go <laughs> okay. on however uh it's it was always clear to me and the way i put it on there was always i I thought oh my you know i've made this i might as well share it on youtube but that's different i think to being like a youtube content creator or a or a vlogger and that's not what i am yeah i feel like youtube used to be a space where it was maybe a little bit more amateur friendly and as time's gone on i think as Mm. YouTuber has become a career ambition of yeah. That's like a job now, isn't it? Yeah, it's no no child wants to be a rock star anymore. Like literally, in in you know Ashley's primary school teacher, right in his class, they'll be like, oh yeah, I want to be a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. It's that that's the new rock star. Um, but yeah, as that's happened, I feel like that's left less space for the kind of more amateur side of YouTube. Yeah which is a shame because I think people still have a lot to say even if they don't have video talents. But I do feel that live video has then perhaps come in and, and filled that space. But I wonder if I, my concern with live video is that, you know, now, you know, with Facebook Live, for example, you can set up like a proper DSLR style camera setup rather than just a webcam. Oh. And I worry, is that going to take away from that spontaneity with live video? I think you'll always get your Gary V's who like right. make it look really pro and who will it's it's generally like you know you've got a sort of aspiring or a, or a sort of professional on your hands somebody who I, I don't know I feel like 
if you're the kind of person who makes a podcast and then you put a video of you making your podcast on YouTube, then you're like, to a certain extent, I don't know, like then, then you're not my kind of person, I guess. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to knock that, but it just... What do you mean a video of yourself making a podcast? Oh, you know... You, do you mean like a recording you know when of like the podcast? it's like a dude and there's seven cameras on him and he's talking into a mic and possibly gesticulating. Like a Gary Vee kind oh, of person. Oh, like a, almost like a radio show. Like would yeah. be... Yeah, right, but I right. don't I don't know. Like why does somebody go on YouTube to watch a podcast? I don't get it. But then it's also <laughs> again, it comes back to if I don't really use a social medium social media yeah. channel, if I don't see it, then yeah. I don't necessarily produce for it, which is not necessarily the best way of doing it because that's no, I think it's a good way of doing it because, you know, when you are a kind of one man band yeah. style or one woman band style business, you don't have the time to spend on the things that don't spark that mm. joy, so to speak. Something I'll talk about in, in branding. Um, mm. So uh, in Teach and Thrive, the first workshop is going to be about branding. And I'll talk about as well, like your ideal customer. But something I believe strongly that I've also seen again and again and again, like compare yourself to, like, you know, if you look at your business and you look at like, this is my business, this is Lindsay's business, this is whatever, Shannon's business, this is Ollie's business, this is Benny's Chris's, you know, like whatever. I don't know. I'm just naming random polyglots. Google them. But oh, don't Google Lindsay. You're listening to Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but your ideal customer is, in my opinion, always, if your business is you, your ideal customer is always a version of yourself. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm saying that. Like, it's the world's biggest insight, but it kind of is, you know. Like I think, I, yeah. If if you if you are that, you're the face of it. Mm. There'll be a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because people want to be represented, and people want to talk to somebody who gets them, and people want to talk to somebody who gets it. And you got to be careful. Like right? you got to be careful that you don't necessarily just produce something that is a mirror image of you again and again and again, like echo chamber. So like on the Fluent mm. Show this year, at last year I looked at the guest roster like really proudly, like look at my guests for the year, and then. I looked at it again. I was like, flipping heck, that's all white people. I've mm. made an error. Um, and I actually kind of decided for myself, like, I, I will not ha- let that happen this year. And it's it's one of my goals for the Fluent Show to to have 25% non-white guests this year. Because I don't have that mm. many guests. But, but you know, it's, it's in, in um, numbers terms, that's four people. That shouldn't be hard. Um, and you'd be surprised. Because my my world is that small, so you know, like you have to be careful, and you can't necessarily like knock people. But at the same time, if YouTube ain't for you, but you're a, like for for me, it's like if YouTube isn't for me, but I know I can make a better fluent show by not doing YouTube, then that's what I'm gonna do. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You you you. You're kind of sacrificing YouTube for the sake of making a better fluent show. I love that. I think there is there is definitely a tendency when it comes to marketing and content, you know, included in that um, for your online teaching that we think, okay, so I have to be everywhere and do everything. Mm-hmm. I need a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel. I need to have, um, you know, a Facebook a page and a group. I need to have Twitter. I need to have that. That will come. That doesn't 
just start overnight. If you try and start everything on the same day and build all of them at the same time, it's not going to happen. It, it, it comes bit by bit, you know, and once you've got one thing up and running and rolling, you can then begin to maybe add something else and, you know, it will get easier. But if you try it all at the beginning, all at once, it's like languages. If you try to, you know, say, oh, I want to be a polyglot, I want to speak 10 languages. If you try and learn 10 languages all at once and you've never done it before, it's going to be very, very difficult. But if you actually say, you know, what? I'm going to get one, I'm going to get it solid, I'm going to get it down for a couple of years, then I'm going to add another. That's not going to take you a couple of years for the next one until you're comfortable. Very true. It's going to take you less time. This, and it's the same thing with this. This is where we have to look at ourselves as well and remember that we are not in the business of online marketing in the same way that a lot of the people where we get advice from are. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like yes. a, um, I don't know, whoever you look to for advice, there's a million like online business kind of people, but we are not actually those kind of people. Um, like at least I, you know, I talk about language learning. I don't talk about like how to get a million Instagram followers or whether like, I don't know, like how to get better at copywriting. I need to know these things or I need to be yeah. good at those things, but that's different. So I don't need to, It's it's more like, I have to pick and choose my strategies. I don't, I can't just become like someone who is, who is everywhere. I don't, I don't wish to do that as long as I am, as long as my business is me. Once I am like team fluent mm. with a million people, we'll talk again. <laughs> I think as well, that's something that I think we're both really keen on with Teach and Thrive is that we're both in this same space. Mm -hmm. We're both in this online teaching, online language creator person world, right? we know what the space is. We're not just coming at you with the regular marketing advice, the regular product advice. It's it's tailored, it's catered to, to where we're at and what we're all doing. And I think that's something quite special. Absolutely, I agree, I agree. Speaking of both of us doing, are, are you enjoying my segues? By the I way? know, I was just, admi <laughs> I was admiring that segue. I was thinking, wow, that's really good. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, but I ruined it by, by asking you if you mind it but <laughs> it's all good speaking of um both of us like doing this together i want to ask you in terms of, of marketing about collaboration mm. how do you collaborate big broad question go mm. Mm. <laughs> you tell me um okay my first collaborate my my first collaboration i think we're fluent my first collaboration that went beyond like an affiliate partnership was to say to you, do you want to be co-host on Fluent Show? Ah, I feel honoured. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, cool. <laughs> uh, or it wasn't the Fluent Show at the time. It was it was way back when, right? It was, it, this must be about three or four years ago. And um, yeah, so, so that was kind of the first time I did something. Um, now I, I, d I love to collaborate. I think it's something I have learned that collaborating with people allows me to do things that I'd otherwise be too scared to do. Uh huh. It, you know, everything that I'm, I don't quite know how I'm going to do this. Now I will, I will like actively look for, for things like that. However, I don't like, I know, I also know I don't want a business partner for everything 
and I will sometimes say no this is something I need I want to do by myself and like you know when the creative language learning podcast became the fluent show I actually contacted you and I said this also means that there will be episodes where I am solo and I'm kind of taking control of it more because before yeah. I felt like there was a shared ownership you may have not felt that way but that's not that yeah, it's beside yeah, the point no, it's what I think right yeah um so so you kind of I feel like communication is important. You've got to let people know what's what's up. But okay, let's talk in practical terms because this feels wishy-washy. Right now, collaborations I'm doing is I'm Teach and Thrive, Women in Language. Um, th this year's German retreat in the summer is a collaboration and last year it was to the summer retreat. But then I felt like I wanted to own one. So I, the December retreat I do by myself. Mm -hmm. um, or like if I hire someone to help me, that's not the same as collaborating in my mind. And um, and Maria Ortega Garcia and I, she's a Spanish teacher who who spoken at Women in Language twice. Um, we're doing a joint workshop at Langfest, which is something I wouldn't have, I I wouldn't be able to create by myself. So every collaboration I do goes beyond something I feel I could do by myself. You know, like it That's makes stuff better. a lovely way to look at it. Yeah, like something that you couldn't do alone. Yeah, or it just wouldn't be as, it wouldn't be as cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Mm. Yeah, and now it's cool. one of my, it's one of my rules. Like I've got like ground rules that I don't have in front of me right now, but I've got a few ground rules for me and my business. Um, one is definitely to just be uh -huh. me. One is to do what I think is fun. Um, and one is to collaborate. Stay open for that. Mm, mm. Nice. Oh, that's a that's a nice little note. I, um, I've got one more question, but I'm not sure if we have time because I know you've got one as well. Yeah, well, it's it's your podcast. <laughs> so I'm keen to to give to give you a chance for for your question. Okay. So so feel free, and I'll skip my last. Okay, look, I've got a really practical one, so it might not take that long. Lindsay, okay. tell me your tips or tell me how you go about, number one, naming your business. We, like, I, I've heard no. the origin story, but maybe people who listen to podcasts haven't heard the origin <laughs> story. And secondly, naming your products. Any, oh. Yeah. How do you feel about naming I, things? I love, I love how you call it an origin story, like it's a Marvel film. <laughs> um, the naming the business, yeah, so if you've not heard the story before, so... Like we mentioned on the Fluent Show podcast that we recorded this same afternoon in this <laughs> big batch session record. Yeah. Um, Get the set, all four of I, <laughs> When I started um, teaching online, I'd already done it a little bit part-time, kind of in the background, and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go full-time, but what do I do? What do I even call myself? And this was just after dinner, and Ashley, my now husband, was sat there and he said, well, it's Lindsay does languages or something you just need a, a name just to get you I was like oh I was like that's cool <laughs> that'll do and that's where Lindsay does languages came from um and I, I like it. it it's what I like about it is that it's stuck with everything that I've done it's lasted over the years you know mm. whether I'm whether I'm speaking to teachers whether I'm speaking to learners what I'm doing is languages and it's some you know languages is something I always loved Yeah. And so actually it gives me the scope to do whatever I love in the future as well. Still. And doing is fairly languages. 
I like that because it's it kind of hints I, to how all-encompassing language is. It's not lingu- Lindsay yeah. learns languages. It's not Lindsay yeah. teaches languages. It is languages are part of Lindsay's life. Yeah, I, yeah. And there was only, oh, it must have been about 18 months. It must have been about two years in. Um, and I had a student who was an adult male student, I should point out, not a child, who was like, oh, yeah, so Lindsay does languages. What's that? Like Debbie does Dallas or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, I'd never even thought of that. And for a while, that was like on my on my about page of like, Lindsay does languages, but not in a Debbie does Dallas kind of way. Um, <laughs> but I'd never even thought about that. Um, no. But I thought that was quite fun. It kind of gives it this sort of playful edge, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's how that's how the name of the business came about name of the products i feel like i'm rubbish at naming stuff not gonna lie Mm -hmm. i don't feel like it's a strength of mine i feel like many so i tend to just go with what it yeah i tend to just go with what it is Mm -hmm. and then it sticks um yeah (laughs) like some things have maybe like a working title as like i'm as like i'm creating the thing so the online teaching starter kit was that. It was a working title. Yeah. And then it's like, well, this is what this is now to me. This is like, you know, I guess it's like if a kid's in your womb and you keep calling, oh, <laughs> know, Bob. Yeah. And it pops out, obviously it's Bob by that point. Uh, it's obviously um, it's Bob. <laughs> you're not going to change the name at that stage. Yeah. And, and so I think that's kind of how I name stuff is it ends up with like a working title of something that's mm. snappy enough to to kind of abbreviate um yeah yeah names can be very powerful right yeah yeah what how do you feel about teach and thrive i like teach and thrive um i like how it's got the ampersand because i know we spoke about that yeah love an ampersand because i I use the plus a lot for and in my business but that feels very much connected to me Ah. and as this is a joint thing i i didn't I didn't feel good about it having the plus because that felt more me oh, than us. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when we said about is it and written or is it and ampersand or is it and plus? Is it, you know, mm. is it and like un, like rock and roll? <laughs> Gulp and blow. <laughs> Should have called it teach-thrive. That would have made it easier to give people a website. It's easier for the website, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, I like it, teach and thrive. Mm. That for me feels like one of the best names yet of my career. Mm. <laughs> I think I tend to go with what what results do I want to give people, mm-hmm. you know? Or, or um, yeah, I, I, I do a bit of I do a bit of brainstorming, and um, I try not to say language all the time in everything, which I'm not sure is is, is yeah, always hard. it's it's hard, right? Because it's 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 yeah. a bit of a clunky word, but that's just what it's called. Languages are called languages. So it's, yeah, yeah. I th- I teach on five is a good one. I think German Uncovered I'm happy with. That mm. was like a brainstorming session where I think Ollie and I and James, who works with Ollie, just like typed away in silence for like 10 minutes, just typing anything and everything. And I straight away went, I will not have a product with my name associated with it that is called Mastery Anything. I will not have a product. And he's like, I'm not calling it that because I was like, oh, we could call it magical magic something. You know, like I'm a bit more touchy-feely. Which again is... um, I. I So this was a collaboration thing Mm. where 
you had to then work together to decide on something that felt good for both of, for both of you yeah. to yeah yeah that's again it's an important thing about collaborations yeah yeah, and I think mm. women in language took us a while to to get there as well. That did take a while because yeah. it always felt like it needed to state that this was not an event for women, but this was an event for women to speak at, yeah, to be heard at, right? So then, do you put that in the in the name of it or not? I remember this was a big conversation, and then we hated the words "lady." I think all of us hated the word "lady." Yeah and ladies too often patronizing. I love it's really patronizing I love the alliteration of ladies who language I remember that was one we had like but we all hated it but we all kind of loved the sound of it mm. um but hated that it had ladies in it <laughs> um I can't remember the others that we had I I can't I I was I was like I was going for language xx for a little while or like oh, XX okay. because of the X chromosome because like women have got two oh X yes chromosomes. and then I remember saying that that sounded like it was like a strip club yeah so I went and bought the like, URL because so we... I thought it was funny oh <laughs> I think I don't I have it anymore that. but for a while I had language yeah. XX and maybe XXX as well because <laughs> it made me laugh that's fun that's fun mm. so I guess yeah moral of the story with names it's it, I think it's worth going over them once or twice yeah definitely but have a little think yeah yeah but like you say when something just when you that's language habit toolkit for me was like once you're comfortable with a name yourself sometimes a descriptive one's not that bad yeah okay i think i think sometimes they can work just as well that was my question excellent thank you for your question and thank you for joining me for this episode and for the episode on the fluent show and for your bonus episode and for my bonus episode too so i asked over in my teach languages online facebook group i said i'm speaking to kirsten what do you want us to talk about for the bonus episode and the winning response was our first online courses so if you want to hear that be sure to go to lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash teach dash thrive it's gonna be embarrassing hyphen thrive it's gonna be embarrassing (laughs) ah I'm excited to hear what you've got to say. All right. Um, (laughs) And remember, um, every fourth week on the show, I'll be answering your questions right here. So get in touch. Email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. And you never know, it might just be your question I answer next month. You can find everything you need from the show over at lindsaydoeslanguages.com forward slash teach languages online. And that's it from me, but from us this week. Now I'll leave you with a little nugget of inspiration. Kirsten, as you're our guest this week, do you have a quote to share? Yeah, I have a okay. quote that I like and that makes me feel, makes me remember, remember, remember what really matters, I guess, in life. And it's a RuPaul quote from RuPaul's Drag Race, which (laughs) I can't do his accent, but it is, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Nice. I feel like a little click, kind of sassy click across the face is needed at the end. Can I get an amen up in here? Oh, okay, cool. Amen. Amen. Have a great week and share this episode with a friend you know will love it too. Kirsten, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'll be back next week, probably alone. Bring out the violins. 
Same time, same place. Bye.